שלום ליהודים, שלום לבני נוער, שלום לגויים, it's the evening of the fourth day, ערב ה' בתשרי, פרשס האזינו, תשפ"ד, 5784, the evening of the third day, Tuesday, September 19, 2023, which seems to have had an effect on the otherwise de-Judaized State Department Jew boys. Last Wednesday was the 30th anniversary of one of the saddest days in my life, watching men I once admired shake hands and smile at the greatest Jew killer since Adolf Hitler. Uh, Yitzhak ben Nechemia Rabin and Shimon ben Yitzhak Perez. Uh, I was so confused. The state of Israel had been the pride and joy of Jews everywhere, and these were its leaders, Rabin, the uh, former chief of staff of the Israeli army, uh, in the uh, spectacular and miraculous Six-Day War. Uh, this was years before we learned that Rabin had a nervous breakdown at that time, and even had a history in the army of retreating constantly. But if so, how did he rise to the top? One answer, potexia, uh, meaning connections. The Israeli's most famous soldier as well in that uh, first generation was Moshe Dayan, the modern new Jew who threw the religion of the Jews into the garbage can. The Oslo peace process, my preference for the name really is Oslo abomination, was on display right there uh, on the White House lawn in the behavior of those two Jews that I found inexcusable. Surely these men at the top of the Israeli government with army, uh, intelligence, Mossad, they knew something of Yasser Arafat's biography and behavior. He was a conscienceless sociopath for who murdering people at random, and not just Jews, was not only permissible, it's morally defensible. The late Israeli journalist Uri Dan reported that the Mossad and or IDF intelligence had kept track of Arafat's 200 agreements during his political career, uh, agreements with other people and parties, and he never kept even one of them, which Rabin and Perez learned but dismissed. And that was because these profoundly uneducated men were nursed on Marx's claptrap. Materialists par excellence they were who believed that Arafat in possession of a Palestinian state would satisfy him and peace would descend upon Israel as never before. Like other Marxists, that is, other atheists, who deny the existence of a divine soul, a psyche, uh, these were two psychological nitwits. These painfully uneducated and shallow Jews uh, had no sense of with whom they were dealing when they were dealing with Arafat and Abbas. It was leftists like them, like Dr. Joseph Bailey, Ph.D., the Oslo architect, who were as much the inventors of the fake Palestinian nation as the Muslims. Uh, they were suckled on Marxist hatred of religion, which played no part in their lives, uh, and therefore they were blind to the role that plays in the lives of the enemy. Yasser Arafat was the son of the head of the clandestine Muslim Brotherhood branch during the mandatory period. Arafat and all his future Fatah cronies grew up in the Brotherhood, in their youth organization. And like so many Arab boys, uh, there was uh, homosexual behavior because it was, even though it was illegal, Islamically speaking, that only made the vice more of a pleasure. Uh, 
Arafat's bodyguards, who were orphans, uh, became orphans when their terrorist fathers were dispatched by the by Israeli agents. Arafat then adopted them and nightly participated in homosexual fun and games. Arafat was the scum of the earth as a human being uh, and as a Jew hater. Jew hatred was his religion. Islam is nothing but Judaism that has been stolen and perverted and contains the logical accusation of Islam that the similarities between the versions of the same stories in the Bible and the Quran, this results from the Jews having stolen these stories from Islam. It's a thought I myself find difficult to wrap my mind around, but it does seem that the billion-plus Muslims in the world are a community that believes in lies, and just as the Torah teaches, they have a problem with their appetite for what does not belong to them, and no inhibitions uh, against satisfying that hunger. They are thieves because they have no conscience when it comes to stealing. And lacking guilt, they cannot deal with the truth that their obsession with Al-Aqsa Mosque, for example, uh, their constant explanation for their violence in Jerusalem is the threat of the Jews wanting to demolish Al-Aqsa, uh, even though no Jew has ever said anything about that. And this is a psychological defense for them against the truth that they are thieves of our Temple Mount and project onto us their own spirit, that we want to take it back from them to do to them what they did to us. You know, like uh, Hillary Clinton collaborating with the Russians in order to smear and accuse Trump of collaborating with the Russians, Israel steals our holiest site and accuses Israel of wanting to take it back. Uh, that's the ground on which that mosque stands. We're dealing with a primitive low level of human psychology here. But again, Marxists like Rabin and Perez, like Joe Stalin, had no sense uh, of the man, Arafat, with whom they thought uh, wanted to make peace with Israel, to recognize Israel's right to exist in exchange for them handing over the spoils of the Six-Day War. That had humiliated the Arabs. They fantasized themselves uh, such great warriors, but boy, the Jews, the wretched Jews, uh, did a number on them in 67. Arafat um, also had this history of breaking every promise he ever made, and all of them with other Arabs and Muslims, but with Al-Yahud, these two believed he would become our ally in, fasten your seatbelts, fighting terror. Which brings us to the Jew boys in the U.S. State Department these days, uh, last those who were involved in the Oslo abomination. Perhaps uh, unconsciously they have been moved uh, by the two holy days of Rosh Hashanah, Judgment Day, and Yom Kippur's Forgiveness Day. You all know of Mahmoud Abbas's recent uh, verbal performance mentioned on this uh, webcast. He is a fine specimen of a classical Jew hater rooted in fantasies and other perversions of history. This savage barbarian presides over schools that teach Arab children, the so-called Palestinians, that their people, the Palestinians, have been living here for 5,000 years uh, until the Jews, who have no connection to this land, invaded and took it away from them. And in uh, a response, my candidate for number one State Department Jew boy of all time, Martin Indyk, he tweeted, I have been despairing about how to respond to Abu Mazen's profoundly anti-Semitic diatribe. How could someone who has treated me as a personal friend for three decades at the same time harbor such hateful views of my people? 
Yeah, Martin is confused, puzzled. It's interesting as well how other pundits, like yours truly, have all used the word fool to describe Indic for these words. These were in his tweet. Uh, it appears in other country commentaries again and again. Everyone's calling him a fool. Uh, who should not be surprised by the naked anti-Semitism spewing from the mouth of this antediluvian murderer. Martin Indyk thought for three decades that this Jew killer was his friend. As Abbas was part in 1972 of the Fatah slaughter of Israel's Olympic athletes at Munich uh, and the first victim that day after all the athletes had been captured in their dormitory was the weightlifter whom they castrated in front of the others. And of the such people, Martin Indyk thought he had become a friend. How shallow a man is he? He's no judge of character, oblivious to the primitive savagery of these Arab Muslims. Though Indyk got to where he was in life, uh, not for any great knowledge of the Middle East, he's currently the head of the enlightened Brookings Institution to think tank in Washington, I'm sure he receives a nice salary and has a nice home in the district or upscale suburb. Uh, he is a veteran peace processor. He was the first nominal Jew to serve as a U.S. ambassador in Israel. I remember his time here most for a, an interview one morning on a political radio talk show. Uh, he was pitching the side of some issue, the American side, of course, when he said, If you want our continued support, you will have to do as you are told. He was the first nominal Jew to serve as ambassador for uh, heading a perfect, having a, re a perfect record in anti-Israel animus. Martin Indyk has been his whole life a professional, fully licensed Jew boy who prostitutes his legally Jewish identity by fronting for anti-Jew goy powers. He's very much like LTF at the New York Times, who never would have been heard of if not for his Israel bashing. Uh, likewise, Indyk made a career for himself, rising to the top in the State Department of the Jubois Pyramid.
And that was David Gerwitz. So uh, besides uh, Martin Indyk, uh, a co-worker with him at State in the Jubilee Department, Dennis Ross also fessed up last week that Oslo did not uh, turn out exactly as intended. Ross opined on the 30th anniversary of the peace process launched like the Titanic and like the Titanic doomed to disaster, that he and other Clinton administration officials, he said, were wrong to refrain from confronting Arafat's refusal to fight terrorists. He said when Palestinian Arab terrorism continued following the signing of the agreement, our response should not have been just rhetorical. We should have said to Arafat, if we don't see you acting, we're going to stop the process. You have to demonstrate to us that you will fight terror. You have to stop treating security arrests like a revolving door, close quote. Uh, Ross also admitted he was wrong to pressure Israel into letting Hamas bring concrete into Gaza. Ross thought it would be used to build schools and housing. Israelis said they would not use it for that purpose. And indeed, they did use it to build attack tunnels. And uh, Ross conceded that the Israelis had been right. When I read these words uh, from this American Jew who had such a bloody and gory impact on Jews in Israel, uh, all the 1,600-plus murders since Oslo and thousands more of the surviving wounded, I'm less than angry than sad that Jews who are supposed to be intelligent could be so stupid, stupid about our mortal enemies, whose Islam is a much uh, is a program of hatred as much as Nazism ever was. Ross's mea culpa here, as anemic as it was, still provides a peek into the mind of such shallow Jews. Now, in fairness to him, uh, Israel does not lack for dummies just like him. Apparent in his language here when he expected Arafat to, quote, fight terrorists, to fight terror. These numbskulls, these uneducated men about the region, about Islam and its history, thought Arafat, after signing the Oslo Papers, would turn on a dime and become the enemy of Hamas, which is just the Muslim Brotherhood that Arafat was raised in. And uh, Fatak would do what was necessary to prevent Hamas boys from planning to and carrying out the murder of Jews, especially when Arafat had never thought there was anything wrong with that. The stupidity of these Jews were being Perez Balin and the State Department Jew boys is a fascinating phenomenon, I think. These dumbbells really thought Arafat was going to get his Fatak assassins to turn their weapons against fellow Muslim Arabs and stop them from killing al-Yahud in the Islamically illegal Zionist entity. Beyond the religious context, as barbarians, Arafat and soulmates have never exhibited any real understanding of terrorism as it's experienced in the West. It has no meaning to them. The rejection of so-called terrorism derives from the uh, civilized belief that warfare should be conducted between soldiers in uniform, all of them legitimate targets of one another. But when these Arab Muslims make war, it means just killing the enemy people. Soldiers, yes, but also little children, the elderly, the infirm. War is a blood feud. Rabin Paris and other Juice, Jewish peace cultists thought the difference between Fatah and Hamas was that the former, the Fatah, they were nationalists uh, and uh, they were not uh, religious fanatics like the others in Hamas, when religion for Marxists is nonsense and irrelevant. 
Hamas was the bad terrorist because they were religious killers, Fatah the good terrorists for being nationalist killers, murderers, and even anti-capitalist socialists. One of the engines of the perpetual war against us here is the inability of Israelis to see the relationship clearly. These people are not Palestinians. We are the targets of Islamic Jihad. The enemy is not terrorism. The enemy is Islam, about which religious cult Israel can do little to modify. It's true, but what we can do to strengthen national morale is speak truthfully about Islam and its historical abuse of the Jewish people. We have the right to demolish the Dome of the Rock and the Al-Aqsa, though I would never advise that, because the enemy is capable of inconceivable cruelty. And doing that would only light the fuse of <laughs> uh, over a billion of these Muslims. We don't need that. Nonetheless, uh, there should be no hiding the truth of Islam and its historic abuse uh, of its Jewish communities. It's impossible to, quote, fight terror when terror is an emotion means great fear, commonly the result of a horrible massacre. You don't fight the emotion. You fight the ideas that led to such barbaric, even satanic behavior. Israel has to stop letting the world and this generation's rising tie of popular Jew hatred to carry on about the two-state solution as it does. Just today, for the umpteenth time, the Saudis have made clear there'll be no normalization with Israel without paying the price of a Palestinian state in what the Jews called Judea and Samaria. As the Temple Mount became Muslim property in the 7th century, so Judea and Samaria did too. And once that happened, it's uh, forever a Muslim property, the property of believers in the one true faith. No serious Muslim can agree that Al-Yahud uh, has the right to rule over any real estate that Muslims used to rule over. They themselves tell you the Muslims do. It's a religious dogma that any land conquered by believers becomes Muslim land uh, in perpetuity. And then among the State Department Jew boys was also Aaron David Miller, uh, who uh, already in 2010 confessed his idea uh, uh, was the dumbest ever when in 1998 he had wanted to ar invite Arafat to the opening of the Washington Holocaust Museum in order to fasten your seatbelts, in order to help him, quote, improve his image. In 1998, this was five years, half a decade, after the nauseating handshake on the White House lawn, during which Arafat promised, his most important promise to Israelis, which was to revise the Palestine Covenant and delete the desire to destroy Israel, God forbid. And there was, uh, five years later, uh, Aaron David Miller and all these other Jewish boneheads. Uh, there had been no movement in this regard for five years. And still, and still Miller wanted to help Arafat to improve his image. Indeed, in the age of movies and television and computer screens, we live in a world of images. And never mind the substance behind the image. Already by 1998, five years into the peace, Hundreds of Jews in Israel had been murdered in this so-called messianic Oslo peace process. And still, its messianism has, has not disappeared. Dennis Ross, dis Ross, despite his admission of failure in a tweet, he recently also participated in a webinar 
And there he continued to condemn Jewish construction in Judea and Samaria, even apparently in Area C. And why the condemnation? Dennis, this veteran expert on Arab thinking and culture, said, quote, the building of settlements makes Palestinian Arabs feel powerless. And it seems to them this cements the occupation. So that discredited the peace process, close quote. You got that? Jews building settlements discredits the peace process. Dennis Ross is a Jewish zombie who sees the world through the eyes of Jew killers. In the eyes of Dennis Ross, the Palestinians are the victims of the Jews who unjustly in 1967 occupied Palestinian land that the Jews should give back. And I say, Dennis, oh boy, you, you know Dennis and LTF, the two of them created their own synagogue in a suburb of Washington, D.C. And it, uh, every Yom Kippur, I think it is, LTF and Dennis conduct a public conversation between the two of them in front of the congregation. And it's all based on their sage expertise and great knowledge of Israel and Israel's victims, the Palestinian Arabs. Such is the degenerate and rotten Jewish identity, dare we say, the soul of nominal American Jews today. That's a classic melody done by Carmine Orr and Hillick Frank. 
and you're listening to the program program on phantomnation.com. Last but not least, indeed, the top dog in the State Department's Jewboy Department these days, indeed, none other than the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken. Uh, he last week uh, was opining on Israel and in what has to do to placate uh, Israel's victims. Two days ago, the Jerusalem Post reported that the Saudis informed the Biden administration of its decision to halt the talks on normalization ties with Israel. And that is due to the extremist nature of Israel's right-wing government. Blinken said last week that the Saudis informed the Biden administration that resolving the Palestinian issues is critical for any normalization deal with Israel, close quote. In fact, uh, for weeks here, Israeli pundits have been reporting on these talks regarding normalization between Israel and the Saudis, about which I have had nothing to say because I think the whole thing is ridiculous. It's just Bibi wanting some feeling of success to counter the aggression of Ehud Barak, who Bibi likewise never says a word against, and I, I wonder why. Blinken said, quote, From what we hear from the Saudis, uh, that if this process is to move forward, the Palestinian peace is going to be very important. Any of the efforts that are going to improve relations between Israel and its neighbors cannot be substitute for Israel and the Palestinians resolving their differences and having a much better life for Palestinians. In our judgment, that that needs to involve a two-state solution to the Israeli-Palestinian conflict. Close quote. Thus spake Anthony Blinken. What you're listening to here is a Jew touting the position of anti-Semitic Muslims for the two-state solution is code for the destruction of Israel, code for turning Judea and Samaria over to the Muslims. But in his defense, I would suggest he's just ignorant of Islam and Arab culture and doesn't realize that. He has in his head the fantasy of the Palestinians taking over in Judea and Samaria, and that would be the end of it. No more terrorist horrors, no more war. Wouldn't that be nice? If Judea and Samaria were no longer occupied territory, occupied by the Zionists. Notice, too, in Blinken's remarks in that podcast last week that he foresees a process that bodes, quote, a much better future for the Palestinians, and never mind a better future for the Jews. And never mind that for the first quarter century of the United Nations life, the, the organization, not one word was said about a better future for Palestinians. How about that, Secretary Blinken? How about a better future for Jews, if not too late for the three dozen or so <laughs> murdered in the first nine months of this year? Israel needs a leadership that will tell the world there are no Palestinians and Israel owes no Arab Muslims anything. They have been the aggressors and we their victims and we are under no obligation to participate in their fantasy life that it's the other way around. Israel has to tell the world the two-state solution was the mental handiwork of the same anti-Jew Jews that applauded when Moshe Dayan gave back the Jewish people's holiest site in this world, in this life, the two-state solution, if carried out, as imagined, would be the end of the state of Israel, God forbid, and this government is under no obligation to carry it out. Israel has the legal and moral right to keep the spoils of the 67 war, and world anti-Jewry has to stop being so anti-Jew and respect that right. So, if I were a pro-Israel U.S. senator, I would propose a bill forbidding the employment in any government department dealing with Israel 
of American Jews. And not because, as anti-Semites might imagine, they are uh, would be guilty of divided loyalty and would be more pro-Israel than pro-American. Uh, I say, no, you don't employ them for just the opposite reason. They have to constantly prove their loyalty to America, these Jew boys. Uh, and they do that by being solidly in the Israel-bashing camp. It's in Israel's interest to see the defunding and dismantling of the State Department's Jew Boy Department. universal, la luz que ilumina el mundo nos iluminará, la luz que ilumina el mundo nos iluminará. En el mundo la paz, gata de Silidam, los gritos de Marodeto se negará en aire a Nuestro Señor que reine la paz, naciones mueren a donde van. Sin amistad no existe unión, si no hay fe no hay libertad. Las raíces de la sociedad Lo que es tuyo, que sea tuyo Lo que es mío, patricerá Lo que es tuyo, que sea tuyo Lo que es mío, patricerá En el mundo la paz Que la guerra muera ya Que vuele la paloma blanca Verdadera libertad Vuelve la paloma blanca, verdadera libertad. Nuestro Señor que reine la paz, naciones mueren, ¿a dónde van? Sin amistad no existe unión, si no hay fe.
Yehuda Glantz at his most uh, complex. Okay, this has been the sixth and final podcast of Phantom Nation. Uh, the title is well of a book of the same name. More than one reader has called it the best book ever on the war against Israel by Islam, currently camouflaged as the putatively primeval Palestinian people about whom there's nothing Palestinian. These podcasts have been generously sponsored by Floridians for Numeral 4, Israel Institute at gmail.com. They hold rallies at the uh, Miami-Dade College Kendall campus on Tuesdays. Check the dates for the next one via their email, floridians4israelinstitute at gmail.com. The Institute is also looking for a part-time librarian for their collection of books on Israel. Henceforth, if you have been a regular of this series, there are three every week, thanks to the generous support of those who subscribe uh, at www.phantom-nation.com. I'm Shai Bentakoa.